Bobert, Bobert, Bobert. Say it three times and she appears. The DCPA says she was vaping. Bobert's team denied that, said the haze was from fog machines in the show. That claim goes up in smoke. Senator John Fetterman can now wear his signature shorts and hoodie on the U.S. Senate floor, thanks to a change in Senate policy. Yes, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer quietly made that change, telling the Sergeant of Arms to no longer enforce the dress code. Her one-woman show continued, taking flash photos, raising her hands and dancing, often the only one clapping or standing up in the crowd. Bobert occasionally took a break from being disruptive to enjoy the company of her male companion. He briefly had a grasp on the situation before ushers returned and told Bobert she had to leave. The theater's incident report says Bobert pulled the Don't You Know Who I Am card on the way out, appearing to give theater employees the single finger salute. Welcome back to Rain on Your Parade with JL Covan. I'm JL Covan, here as always with my producer, Mike. Hello, Mike. Hello, JL. Hello, audience. How's everybody doing? Wow. I'm in okay. a great mood today. Well, you know what? I don't know that the audience wanted to talk to you. I, it's, you know, but okay. I'm reading the comments. They love me. They do. They they like, once again, um, your nickname among my fans is Suicide Prevention. <laughs> so you're doing a great job. You're doing the community a wonderful service. Uh, before we get to uh, all the topics for today, uh, I wanted to remind people uh, I am in Burbank, California. Two shows at Flappers, October 20th. Then I am at Bruvie's Cinema Pub in Salt Lake City, October 28th. And if you're at the Utah Jazz game versus the Clippers the day before, row seven behind the uh, Utah Jazz bench. Look for me. I'll be the guy the size of a Utah Jazz player standing behind the Utah Jazz players. So that should be fun. I should get on TV. Can I count that as a TV credit, Mike? You're in the business. I don't think so. Even if I'm on camera a lot? Because I'm so close to the bench? Yeah. Okay. I don't I, think you know. so. Unless maybe if it goes viral. Well, if I count Comics Unleashed as a legitimate credit, which is actually like a demerit on my comedy record, I feel like I should be able to count. You've seen him on multiple Utah Jazz games. And I was on ESPN in February, in February of 2022. A, a, a friend caught me on ESPN walking around, you know, those pregame shots where they're like, we're in Salt Lake City tonight. And they get like a shot of the gift shop. And there was just a giant me on screen. Pretty cool. What's Comics Unleashed? Oh, it's Byron Allen's show. Oh, you're too young, I guess, to know this. It, it's, a, it's a show where comics sit around, four comics with host Byron Allen, and they banter. Mm. And it's totally organic. As Norm MacDonald said, yeah. Thing about comics unleashed is they're very leashed. <laughs> you give them set evergreen really topics. You give yeah. them set evergreen topics. My, my one of my topics I still remember was uh, shopping at big and tall stores because that then that allows me to go into like a two minute bit. Byron Allen looked at me during one of my questions and said, "So JL, I hear you like shopping." <laughs> so that's that's what the show is and. It is the only TV credit that has lost me money. Um, Why? How did, it, how did it lose you money? After taxes, I was paid $424. And my plane ride to uh, my round trip plane ride in 2014 to LA was $500. Ooh. Now, I stayed with a friend. So it was only negative $86. And I also did the Adam Carolla show. Yeah. Um, one of my <clears throat> 10 guest appearances on the show. And uh, so it, 
there was value there, but it is pretty funny to do a TV credit and lose money. Yeah. But if there's anybody who can do it in this business, it's me. <laughs> it's gonna be me. <laughs> Uh, so those are the gigs. Oh, yes. And of course, December 1st, may, live making podcasts great again. This is a real test of my fans because it's one of those things where people I had when, the last time I did uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan, which was earlier this year. Yep. I had a fan write to me and I love these messages. JL, will you be doing impressions during this this show? Because that's all I want to see. Love your work! Exclamation point. I didn't even respond. Yeah. Because it was like. Hey, I like 8% of what you do. <laughs> Everything else, fuck it. Love ya. Uh, so that's this is a big test because this is what they want. This is that Trump heroin that so many of my fans love. Ticket sales not doing so great. Surprise, surprise. Right. Like, I mean, <laughs> lo and behold, uh, you mean my fans for the 900th straight time are full of shit? Yeah. JL, you've got to do this. I did it. Ah, uh, I'll try. I'll try to make it. Will you? Will you try? What are you? Fucking Stephen Hawking? You can, you can get a $10 ticket. I think you can do it. Anyway, love my fans. Uh, nobody matters more to me in this world than my great fans. Um, and since I'm speaking so roughly about them, I want to talk about manners today, kind of in a broad sense. But I think a great time to start because before the show, Mike, you and I were talking about uh, the theater, among other things. Yes. And uh, Lauren Boebert, my favorite congresswoman. Nancy Mace, a close second. She's a busty, thrice-divorced former military woman from South Carolina. Real smoke show. Mm -hmm. Big cans. Talked about fucking at a prayer breakfast. Talked about fucking her boyfriend at a prayer breakfast for conservatives. Nice. Um, you know, because Donald Trump has opened the floodgates. Now it's like a wink, wink. Like I'm a conservative. <laughs> Fuck hookers. Um, I'm a family values person. Fifth husband. Right. <laughs> like it's all, it's all a joke. Like the idea that I'm big on family values. I got a lot of them. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I'm, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Nancy Mace is too. Um, I kind of want to ask people, just the audience, I think Liz Cheney is the only conser hardcore conservative woman I'm allowed to have sex with because she at least stood strong on January 6th. Yes. Um, but the rest of them are, are complete garbage. But, but my favorite, my garbage queen, which I think is a great remix of a Billy Ocean song, um, is Lauren Boebert. Now, I've been on the record a lot. How I, I have been on Boebert Island for a while. Mm -hmm. um, she's a skinny cutie with a nice rack and an incredibly flat tummy for a chick with four kids. I mean, she's, she is, she was not born to be a congresswoman. She was born to do only fans. And I hope when she gets voted out that that's what she does because, um, when it comes to only, well, that's not true. I've seen porn stars talk about like backing the blue and stuff. And I'm like, well, there's other damaged, sexy women I can watch and not feel like I'm compromising my values. But um, Bobert got felt up. This is going to be old news to people, but I still feel like it's important to talk about um, in the broader sense of the hypocrisy of people criticizing Bobert. Because it's uh, the comic Corey Holcomb had a joke that he actually did on Last Comic Standing. But he talked about, if you ever want to comment on a woman in front of your girl, criticize the woman. 
and of you can course. get away with it. He's like, can you believe what this hoe is wearing right over there? Can you believe that? Uh, that is, I mean, what? <laughs> where are we? Uh, you know what? Actually, I'm going to go over there and just tell her how we feel. And <laughs> it's hilarious. And tell her how we feel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I see people just constantly sharing the theater video of Bobert with her tits up, getting groped. Go. This guy is going to town like a drunk college sophomore. Yeah. Like really like, have you ever, it's, I mean, maybe he's just like, I, my fantasy was to fuck a horrible human being that's hot in public. Yeah. Like that might be his like, oh, maybe he's just like, I can't, this is it. It's happening. But the amount of shares from people condemning her, yeah. it just felt like at some point they were like, look at this. Like, and here's another angle of this trash. And here's an upskirt photo of this trash. Look at this filthy trash. Here's the money shot. Can you believe that we got film from her in her home? We hacked her. Her, her cell phone and got private video just to show you how trashy she is. It was getting so out of control. Now, granted, don't get me wrong. She's trashy as fuck. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's get, she's starting to give this dude a hand job in the theater. Like it's Beetlejuice. Yeah. It's not eyes wide shut. Right. This is like, there's kids, there's families around. You're a conservative congresswoman. <laughs> All sorts of reasons not to do this. You're vaping. You're doing like, like, the only thing it's, it's, you just expect her to have like a, like one of those beer can helmets, but with Mountain Dew and yeah. she was so fucking white <laughs> trash. But, but I, but I just thought to myself, I was also kind of annoyed with everybody. Oh, oh, and this, I'm going to do something I really do. I'm going to do the punch down of the week early. Okay. Because it ties into this. Okay. I wrote with the format. I like that. Well, you know, sometimes you got to mix it up. Yeah. You don't want people to get bored and go, I'm just fast forwarding to minute 58. Yeah. Punch down of the week's the only reason I listen. Yeah. Every, everybody's <laughs> favorite bit, the punch down of the week. <laughs> there is, there is a certain joy people have in me directly eviscerating a specific fan rather yeah. than just my general contempt for mm -hmm. them. Um, but I posted a joke on my new Twitter account, by the way, at JL comedy. It's the non shadow band account. And it's growing nicely. Um, it's it's like a Lauren Bobert date at Beetlejuice. It's it's growing quickly. And I wrote a joke that said, if people could just go past their their political prejudices, they'd realize that the only thing that can bring the country together now is a Hunter Biden Lauren Bobert sex tape. Big response from that one. And then somebody wrote. Hunter Biden would never debase himself. <laughs> okay, ma'am. I'm a registered Democrat. I proudly support Joe Biden. I've never voted Republican in my life. I made a living for a couple of years mocking the Republican Party. Hunter Biden would never debase himself. Would he freebase himself? Because he's a fucking crackhead who fucks escorts and films it. Wrong guy, wrong guy to say here. Hunter Biden probably has fucked Lauren Boebert. Let's be <laughs> honest. She was at a play giving a hand job to a guy who owns a bar. He's a registered Democrat that hosts drag shows. Like Hunter Biden is her holy grail. Yeah. Like she wins the game of MAGA hypocrite if she blows Hunter Biden. So yeah. like the idea of somebody, this is, this is one of those things where I have to call it out. Not only are you ruining the joke, so you, that's why you get the punch down status, but have you not been paying attention to the news? 
Hunter Biden, not a great guy. Hunter Biden may have fucked his dead brother's wife, but he would never fuck Lauren Boebert. (laughs) I think maybe he would. I think maybe he would. But yes, we're, that's that defend Democrats no matter what. And I'm like, no, Hunter Biden would definitely fuck Lauren Boebert. Like Mm -hmm. that's, I'm certain of it. And now I'm kind of certain Lauren Boebert would fuck him. My joke stands. And I also think it would bring everybody together. Highest, highest grossing porn of all time. Hunter Biden and and Lauren Boebert. Hunting Boebert. (laughs) (laughs) Episode title. No. Uh, Hunting Boebert. That's, that's. Yeah. (laughs) Good Boebert hunting. (laughs) No, but I, I just, that's one of those ones where it gets me so annoyed to be on the, the left sometimes because I'm like, what are you doing? Well, yeah. And I mean, the thing is that the, the left, as another member of the left, um, this was a bigger issue for me early on in the, the, the sort of swing towards identity politics where it did feel like the left was championing sort of all of those um, uh what do you want to call it? Uh, I'm doing a bad job right now. Championing all those causes. Um, like uh, ca- that elusive word. Causes. causes. Yeah. I got a lot going on. What do you want from me? Um, but- better. I want better from you. That's what I want. <laughs> uh, like fat shaming, uh, anti-bullying. So like that, probably like 2015-ish, yeah. you know? Um, and I can remember specifically when, do you remember that internet, uh, that, that picture that went around the internet of Chris Christie in the softball uniform and how like fat he looked, uh, yes. that listen, is that a thimble in your pocket or are you just happy to see me <laughs> governor? <laughs> I'm not a Chris Christie fan. I don't think he's a, in terms of like being a, like a politician. Uh, I don't think he's like done anything that that's good. He was like very anti-teacher. My mom's a teacher. There's a lot that I didn't like about Chris Christie, and he's quite fat. But I do remember all of the people in my life that were that are liberal kind of passing that around, being like, look how fat he is. What right. a piece of shit. They do it with Trump. They do it with and, and granted, again, I don't like these guys. Right. But I think that you're right. There is a level of hypocrisy where um, you know, this situation with Bobert really could have been spun if she was not like a conservative in a way where it was like oh. sex positive oh, or, oh no. you know, we're, we're kink, fe- feminist we're kink or, shaming, right? We're kink shaming. Right. Can I say something which people will hear on my special, uh, in December, please. I think of this year, I think it's only a 26 month. I see. I do. An, I do a sidebar on kink shaming. It just, it was not planned, but I just said kink shaming. Can we stop with the no kink shaming? Shame is Sometimes good. Well, I don't agree with you on that. No, no, no. I, no, no. I know oh, you're you doing don't. a bit. I'm sorry. I know Do your you bit. Don't. I'm sorry. I, no, Do I said bit. shame. We forget that shame is sort of one of the things that made it not like fun, naughty. I sure. said if it, shameless sex is a bunch of old people in a in a fucking forest fucking on an on a episode of real sex on HBO. Yeah. You need a little shame, a little naughty, a little naughty. And people are like, don't kink shame. But they, yes, if she were AO, if AOC were AOC's boyfriend, by the way, looks like that fucking ginger, like folk hero singer from Richmond, Who the Richmond, North of Richmond, that guy. Oh, the, the chubby. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, but, but if AOC were, were jerking her, her ginger, uh, in, in a theater, well, conservatives would have roasted her, of course, yeah. justifiably. And then 
the worst you would have seen was like not a good look. And you would have yeah. also seen like they're young, like who hasn't fucked in a Broadway theater? Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm me. Yeah. I haven't. Um, but yeah, so I just want, it's not, this was not meant, I'm not bringing this up as like breaking news. Lauren Boebert did a dumb thing. <laughs> I'm doing the, I can admit, I think she like, and everybody had to go, this is another element of it. Uh, looks like she's been spending her congressional salary on augmenting herself. No. Okay. As a scholar of Boebert, <laughs> she's had those for a while. Like she came into Congress with, with the perky, the perky C's or the low D's. Yeah. You know, her, her breasts are like her GPA. That's yeah. how I, that's how I like them. But people are doing that thing where it's like all of a sudden, oh, and if she did have augmentation, it's okay. Right. But if somebody on the, on the, on the left had done it, it would be a, uh, gender reaffirming. Yeah. Um, it's a tough situation, man. Cause it, it is, it is very hypocritical. Um, speaking of fake tits, I gotta say one other thing, you know, yeah. Kim Petrus. The, I know uh, the name. she does the singing on. Oh, Unholy. Kim Petrus. Yes. I think it's um, Tim. I was like, where do I know? Petrus? No, that was, Tim. she yes, was Kim. Tim Petrus. She's now Kim Petrus. I see. Okay. Um, that was a joke. I apologize to the trans community. That was just, a, we're just joking. Okay. Um, I wish I had gotten a laugh. Not even in the studio. I was just confused. I thought I was like, I was like, Petrus, Petrus. I was like, I you say confused. Petrus. I say hate. <laughs> I see hate, not confusion, <laughs> but, um, but I don't see color. And Kim Petrus was on the cover of a magazine. And obviously her breasts are, are fake. Augmented. Uh, sure. Yes. Um, alternative reality. Yes. Can we call them that? <laughs> sure. I think that's the most positive way to refer yeah. to this, the implants. Yes. Alternative facts. Yeah. Breasts. <laughs> but she had the under boob going. I thought that's good. That's a good look. Yeah. If you're going to have, we always go, we always say, under boob is almost like, we'll trick you more. You'll be like, oh, well, if she's showing under boob, they got to be real. Yeah. So good job, Kim Petrus. All right. Um, anyway, that was just a shout out to my friend, uh, Kim Petrus. Kim. Uh, <laughs> come on the show. Come on the show. <laughs> we love you, Kim. Um, you know, you're not quite porn star, but Unholy was considered pornographic by a lot of conservatives. So you yeah. might qualify as our as our porn guest yeah. for uh, for the show. But first, we got to get some alpha. You're, you're enough here. of a heathen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you're an abomination. <laughs> and I mean that. I mean that with all love and respect. Uh <laughs> That's a good song. I remember I didn't listen to that song for a while and because it was always on TikTok. Same mm -hmm. thing with the Lizzo song. Yeah. Like yeah. it's about damn time. Each of those songs, I was like, no, TikTok trends, get out of here. And yeah. then I listened to both and I was like, both of these are awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I was just like, oh, great. Oh, another one, another. I'm flipping through TikTok. I'm like, I yeah. can't, I can't. And then I listened to both songs. I was like, they're both awesome. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, but the Bobert theater thing is sort of a, 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 a foray into a broader topic that's been bothering me and always bothers me and will probably never stop bothering me because I think we're only getting worse at this. But basically some, some sort of general talk on manners and social skills and the obliterate, the rapid obliteration of both, in my opinion. Mm. Um, and I think we can start before taking a break. I think a good, just to show some bipartisan love, John Fetterman. Uh, the man I should be on SNL playing um, because he's 6'8 and a mutant. And um, they just lowered the dress code in Congress from, I guess, I didn't, I forget what it was specifically. I'm assuming for men it was a suit and tie. I, I've never seen a senator not right. wearing a suit and tie that I can think of. Right. Uh, unless it was a, even if, even females, uh, women, I'm thinking, 
they're always wearing a version of a suit, like a pantsuit or a skirt. I, I think I don't know. Yeah, but right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, that was that, that added nothing. Bobert definitely doesn't wear underwear, but right. you know she wears proper attire. Mm-hmm. And but Fetterman now is going to be allowed to, I guess, come to the Senate as a gym teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and we see online, it's like John Fetterman has become this guy that like he's like the avatar for like how dare you like. I'm glad he won the Senate seat, of course, but it's he's become like first he has a stroke yeah. like four months before the race, maybe less. Yeah. Couldn't campaign. And I was like, should somebody else run? Can somebody else run? And it was just like, oh, look, he's having a medical issue. How fucking dare you? How dare you? Well, I don't know. It's pretty important. Yeah. And then he gets to the Senate and like two months in, once them health benefits kick in, he was like, I'm taking a couple of months off for uh, to deal with some severe depression. And it, once again, this... He's normalizing mental health in the workplace hero. And I was like, no, that's a good thing for most people. Like, that's a good thing. Like, hey, hey, look, you know, my senator is not afraid to discuss his mental health and to do what's right for him and his family. Great. But he is a senator. And now he's now the big joke is like, I guess every Republican, you're a dick if you want the Senate. Like now you're a Republican dick, like running, you know, the headmaster of the you know, school in Animal House, if you fucking want him to wear a suit and tie. So now this is becoming a joke where it's like, who gives a shit? Who gives, it's like, I don't know. I like living in a world where senators wear suits and ties. It feels like a formal enough austere place where it's like, yeah, you, you I, I'd like our national representatives running the most powerful government in the world to, to look the part. I know it doesn't matter. It doesn't like a lot of things don't matter. And that's, I think a segue into a broader discussion of where manners and social niceties have gone. It's like this kind of idea of like, it's not hurting anybody. Okay. If, is that our standard now of how we conduct it? If it's not hurting someone, fuck it. I think that's the kind of, it's like a lazy, selfish version of live and let live. Like there's a live and let live where it's like, hey, gay couples want to get married, how they conduct, that's their lives, like let them be happy. But it's also this idea of like people putting their feet up on like chairs on the train. Right. And in the winter, like when I get on Metro North, every other seat is like salt and snow stained because nobody's even thinking, oh, is there anybody going to sit here ever? after me or am I the last person or the most important person to ever sit on a Metro North train? Ah, fuck it. Salt, (laughs) snow, dog shit on your seat. Good luck sitting there (laughs) when, when I get off and this train is in service for another 16 years. Yeah. And, and it's this live and let, like there's a live and let live. Just like when somebody says they think both political parties are, are bad. There's a smart way to think that. Yeah a practical way to think that and a lazy way to think that where you just are like, I don't really want, uh, if I say both parties suck with no critical analysis, you don't have to make a decision. I'm, I'm, it's like yeah. cliff notes to being smart. Yeah, yeah. I'm like cool at a dinner party. Cause I think they both suck. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's like the live and let live. The dumb live and let live is like, Hey man, if it's not hurting anybody, well, it's, you know, well, and it's funny because so the Fetterman thing specifically can't find a Fetterman. <laughs> I just cannot help yourself. I can't. 
Here he wears some sweatpants. He looks like shit. Can't find a foot of man. I mean, listen, this is this reminds me of when I, I think that um, uh, optics are very important. And I think that there are people that tend to fiber optics as the, well. I swear to God. I know. I said that one to annoy you. <laughs> Fetterman was for me. Fiber optics was for you. And I loved it so much. I was so happy that you did it. Um, I think that those optics are important. And like, I'm not sure that it's necessarily important for America to like be the, the great world power that I think Americans felt like was important through the Eisenhower administration in the fifties and the sixties, sort of the way that we like had to dominate the world. Mm -hmm. However, I, that's all I've ever known. And I do, there is something about the fact that like when you turn on the news from like another country or another part of the world and you see what like government is like in like Uzbekistan or some crazy thing like that. And they're wearing like, they're dressed like John Fetterman. Your first thought is like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? Like, how does this function in any kind of right, organized Solinsky, way? These people are like at like Zelensky in Ukraine wears a T-shirt, not because he's cool, bro, but because he's in a fucking war <laughs> well, zone. And that's so different. Right, yeah, yeah, right. Right. Well, if he can do it. Right. But that I mean, so I think that you there's think Zelensky could show up to a place that's like black tie and just a T-shirt and they'd be like, I'm sorry, sir. This is black tie. I, I, at this point, I don't know. I mean, lucky it'd be lucky for him to get to a place that is a black tie affair. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, that's true. but in any case, I do think that there is something to the fact that it's like, you know, on one hand, a lot of America is John Fetterman. Let's be honest. They're they, you know, ugly, ugly, just, uh, uh, they look like they should be on some sort of version of like Fraggle Rock or something, uh, scaring children. He's, he's he is trailer park Tyson Fury, right? John Fury, literally, right. they're both like six, eight, right? He's humongous. <laughs> Tyson and Fury it, is a boxer, right? Who wears suits yes. to his fights. John Fetterman is a senator who wears mesh shorts to <laughs> vote on abortion rights, <laughs> right? So. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is truth to the fact that like it doesn't make him not smart to wear Carhartt to the you know to to the Senate, but at the same time, he's a Harvard-educated guy, right? Yeah, it has nothing to do with that. But I just think that there is an element of I, I agree with you. I think that there like there's some ceremony that we should still stand stand on to make certain things feel important. And I think that one of the worst things for politics and why people are so disengaged right now is because I think a lot of Americans don't feel like politics are important. And I this to me hurts it more than it helps it. Right. Because you just see other people, A, thinking, well, I, hey, I can do that, which unfortunately, guys, you can't. I'm sorry. Most of the people that I know in my life that I've met in New Jersey and even in the city, I don't want them running the country. Right. You know? And present, again, present company excluded, obviously. Yeah. I mean, you're on the spectrum of smarter people that I've had in my life, you know, you could have just stopped it on the spectrum. <laughs> but like I worked with like the guy that I worked with in the stock room in Banana Republic when I was in college. No, I don't think he should run for Senate. You know what I mean? Like Jeez, pick outing pick, Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> just pick any number of people in your life. Like and and just it'll kind of cancel out that idea that anybody should can or should be in office. If I know? ran for president, my brother would be my chief of staff. Like he is he, he, my brother is the only, he would make a great chief of staff. Yeah. 
but I wouldn't make a great president. I'd be too volatile, I'm too charismatic, frankly. Um, <laughs> but what people say about you. Yeah. Um, but imagine me just staring down the president of China, you little bitch. <laughs> 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 Come here, I'm going to eat ya. Oh, wow. Uh, that was Mike saying I'm fat bastard. So I guess I have to remind him that in a former life, I was pretty ripped. Anyway, in case I haven't mentioned that yet. Uh, but the Fetterman thing is is like, he's, it's also, I mean, not to be like on the side of his detractors, but he's also, he is like a rich, like he comes from like a rich family. Yes. And so it, it, I get it that he's comfortable, but it feels, it kind of feels put on. But my, the way I feel about clothing, we discussed fashion last week, but this is more utility of clothing, not, not fashion choice, but like formal wear versus casual. And it's the way I sort of feel like I I have yet to get an e-reader. Like I still read physical books. I like reading physical, I like reading print. I don't like reading off. I read off a computer all the time, but I prefer to read off of paper. Yeah. And I sometimes feel like one day there will be a day, I'm sure, where we eventually are just like, oh, books are now completely digital. And I think that will be a bad day because we can say in theory, we can always go, well, what does it matter? You read the book, you get the knowledge. What does it matter what format it's in? I think we as humans are conditioned either just through centuries or through biology to appreciate the physical form. Like the physical thing gives it like a a presence in our world. Mm-hmm. It's not a metaverse object. It's not. It's it's real. Like the book I'm reading right now is a real thing, and it 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 deserves the respect of a of a of a thing that exists. Whereas like if a book becomes more like an app, I feel like at that point we we might lose a little bit of the significance of books. Mm-hmm. And I could be wrong, but I think, I don't think that's, that's crazy to think that might happen. And when it comes to clothing, I think there's a similar thing where eventually if our senators are all walking in designer sweats or like Lauren, if Lauren Boebert showed up just to use the example again, if she showed up to Congress in like a high skirt and like a tube top, hard nipples, obviously <laughs> got to get that TikTok right. algorithm. We would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Well, right. And that's basically the whole point of how this all comes around. Right. It's like, it's like we, we look at one and we say that they're trash. Or, if she, another, wore, or if she wore little juicy sweatpants, people are right. like, what the fuck are you doing? Well, right. Yeah, and, and, I agree. And they'd be right. But, they, but then John Fetterman is walking around in a fucking sweatshirt and shorts in Congress. Like, Yeah. You don't want Congress to look like the DMV in South Jersey. Right. And, and it's, you know, I get it. There's this high minded, very like live and let live. Hey man, what does it matter? Yeah. Right. Like those kind of the, what does it matter? That's dripping with like, they're being condescending to you. Like, is this really that important? Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. It's Congress. It is actually that important how they present. We never stop talking about how stupid the American people are and how average Americans are fucking idiots. Well, then we should give them something that an idiot can process as important and right. signifies stature and value. That's like, so are you saying somebody who doesn't wear a suit has no value? No, I'm not. And you know, I'm not. <laughs> no, but I mean, there's something to be said about somebody that doesn't view any sort of like you, you don't want people in the establishment that have no respect for the establishment. And I think that that's like, that's kind of what 
Trump started. Yeah. This idea that like, I don't give a fuck about the establishment. I'm going to do what I want. He but started I don't think a joke should... that got the whole world crying. Yes. <laughs> Finally, the lyric makes sense. <laughs> it's only been yes! 45 years. <laughs> yes. Can't find a... Fa- okay, sorry. No, but I just think that that's like, like, I don't, I think that that is a detractor and not a good thing. Right. I don't think that that trend that Trump started is for the better of American politics and the American people, you know, it isn't. And it's, it's, but it's become this thing where it's like, and I, I'm not one of these, like I'm, I criticize, but no, I criticize Republicans 93% of the time. Yeah. But I'm just like, and I don't think it's the same. I don't think it's the same to give Fetterman a pass as it is to give like Bobert, like, in other words, like Bobert's, votes and rhetoric are far more dangerous than anything John Fetterman wears, of course. So it's not an equivalency, but it's just like, but it's okay once in a while to just point out like kind of an obvious thing. Now it's becoming like a fucking footloose or some shit, like where it's like, hey, look at these squares in the Republican Party. All they care about is suits. And of course they suck. They're shitty people. But is it safe for me to be like, no, I think Fetterman should wear a fucking suit. Like, or is it like, wow, JL, wow. How well, you? JL, you are, you are in this um, interesting position where you are a conservative person who has the beliefs now of a um, political party that has gone more extreme and liberal beyond right. just political beliefs, but, you know, uh, the way people interact socially. And you are kind of this odd um, Brooks Brothers l- liberal. Yeah, it's a we like it's it's. I think what the word you're looking for is unelectable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is like I am. I am sort of a conservative person in my life. Yes, but believe in mostly liberal and progressive values. Yeah, and I think that's become like kind of a weird. It's like, yeah, what's wrong with that? Like that's what that's what a lot of people will say they like, which is like, hey, whatever you do but don't tell me what to do. Yeah. But then I come off as like this righteous square. It's like, but I'm, I'm letting you do you, but I'm also like, I'm just going to talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. Every week. Can't, content. <laughs> um, right. But yes, you know what on that, we're going to get back to that. And I think we should also talk a little bit about uh, uh, Hassan Minhaj uh, a little bit when okay. we come back, but uh, we'll be back in a minute. Uh, enjoy your, your sponsored content. And we're back, everybody, to rain on your parade. Mike, how was that shit you just took that we had to take a break for? It was a big one. Okay. All right. Well, good. Well, speaking of talking about people's shits in public manners, everybody, where have they gone? Um, I think I, I've been, you know, the Bobert is sort of an etiquette in the theater. And I've often complained about when I go to the theater, um, I don't go in a suit or anything, mainly because I got fat and uh, I just am like kind of a khakis button down guy until I can lose this weight again. I don't know if I ever mentioned to you, but I used to be really ripped, Mike. And, but I don't wear sneakers to the theater. I don't wear, like, I just feel like, well, it's a, it's a, I, I, for my own edification, want to keep the theater as like a, 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 a classier space. Like I want to do my part to not, at least to not demean it to flip flops. You know, when I go see Squ- SpongeBob SquarePants, the musical, 
we've debased theater enough. Yes. I don't need to go in flip flops. Yeah. Okay. So I will say though, if you're going, uh, if you're going to Shrek or SpongeBob SquarePants, I'm fine with the with sneakers. Yeah. Just because it's yeah. you're right. It's already. I mean, that is yeah. like the most Disneyfied version of what you could do, yeah. and it's basically you're basically in Disney World at that point. Might as well dress like a tourist. Well, I mean, neither of those are Disney properties. But I okay. know, but you know okay. what I mean. So, sort of, but neither is a Disney property. SpongeBob SquarePants is a uh, part of our partnership with Paramount, and uh, Shrek is, of course, our friends over at DreamWorks. Anyway, guys, while Mike was burying me with the industry over there with his faux pas. Um, I don't wear sneakers to the theater because I'm better than you, but I also, I, I, I don't, I turn off my cell phone in the theater, even though my phone is always on silent. Mike, how is your phone? How is, what is your setting for your cell phone? Like all the time or in the theater? Just, just what is it right now? Right now it's on silent, but that's because we're recording. What is it when we're not recording? Uh, usually it's, I, I like to hear ping. Oh, you do ping. Oh, you have an iPhone. Yeah. Yeah, I love. Oh those. yeah, you have. I love those. <laughs> Do you even have a phone? Um, I have an Android 1.0. Yeah. Um, Ugh. I, I'm a, well. A ping is not so offensive, but I am a vibrate or silent person all the time. Yes. Okay. I don't have any fucking tones on my phone, um, except reggaeton when I'm hanging out with my Latin side chick. Uh, <laughs> God, you hate me. It's amazing. It's like I'm home with my girlfriend. She's just, you know what she, I got, a, I got something for you. You know, what, you know what Laura did in the heat of my rise in 2020? I couldn't have been hotter as a comedian uh-huh. in my whole life. Um, I was featured in the Washington Post, among other national publications. I was not on Facebook at the time, but she shared the article to her Facebook page. And then when I joined Facebook like six months later, uh, I saw the post. And it said, this is my comedy all the time, dot, dot, dot. That dot, dot, dot was basically communicating to her friends and family. It's not as fun as you think. (laughs) Better question. Why were you getting on Facebook in 2020? Uh, 2021. 2021. I had deleted it for a few years. And then when I got for, for ethical reasons, and then when I got shadow banned on Twitter, I was like, well, my, I can't. I need to keep reaching people while my career has this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so in other words, my ethics are only as good as my bank account. I see. So, um, and then it's good because all the social media accounts eventually catch up. It's like Facebook's terrible. Well, China, China is spying on us through TikTok and Elon Musk is a piece of shit on Twitter. So it's like, oh, okay. Thank you for lowering the bar for what's acceptable. But uh, the, I have not gone to a play or a musical ever where a cell phone has not gone off. Interesting. And you'd think at this point, we will have we would have mastered cell phone technology at this point. Like we wouldn't still be going to the theater. They go out. I remember I saw a play called How I Learned to Drive. This was a play uh, starring David Morse and Mary Louise Parker. And it's about an uncle who molests his niece. Great. Yeah, fun. And they came out. First, you get your signs. Now they have signs which are like, please silence or turn off your cell phones. Then you have um, an announcement. And then one of the actors from the play came out before the show and said, hey, everybody, we're really excited, but this is a very powerful and serious play about a serious topic. So we just ask you that everybody turn off their phones. We've had phones go off. If you could just turn them off. So you couldn't warn people more. 
and give them all the like kind reasons to turn it off. And twice a phone went off. So once it went off and then later in the play, someone didn't even take that as a hint. And it's, it's, to me, it's a microcosm. I do believe if I can, you know, I think no device has been more harmful to the degradation of both social skills and manners. And I could go on for hours with this than the cell phone. I don't think you're wrong about that. I believe the cell phone has both catered to our inherent self-centeredness. Like this is why when people talk about original sin, as a Catholic. Oh, tell me about Catholicism, Jail, please. Yeah. Um, well, I think to a lay person or a secular person, the concept of original sin, you could easily just couch as we're animals. It's, it's even yeah. if you don't believe that there's a spiritual thing called original sin, I think in a secular sense, it's really speaking to our inherent selfish nature as animals that we have to be taught to be generous, to be better than that. Like some people might say, I don't think we're like that. I think, I think in a, in a, I think we are high, highly developed animals, but I think we do need to learn manners, learn respect, learn generosity. Um, and maybe you people take to it to different degrees, but I don't, I don't know that it's an inherent part of our nature to, to be to, generous and yes. nice. Yes. I don't think so either. Right. I think you're a hundred percent right. I think, I think our, I think, I uh, think just edit out everything he says after he said hundred percent. Right. <laughs> Go on, Mike. I think that modern society, especially now that we're probably the most educated we've ever been. And you can maybe argue that maybe we're the least educated we've ever been. But, um, I do think that we are every day fighting all of our impulses to be what we truly are, which is just savage animals. Like it's a fight every day to not bash somebody's skull in and like, unless if you're in the MMA, at which yeah. point you're like, no need to fight. <laughs> right. No need to fight this urge at all. But I think that, and that by the way, every day we're hustling yes, as well. Of course. But I think that that's like, that's what's in us, you know? And I really do think that it is like, it is a difficult thing. Some people can't ever fight that off. And that's why the prisons are full. But you know, it's it's brutal, man. I don't think that it's I don't think that our nature either is that we're out of the womb ready to give and and help and serve people. Right. I it's think why it's, the ideas of G, just and I'm speaking secularly, right? I mean, this is not a conversion right. podcast, but even from a secular standpoint, the allure of a Mary yeah. or of a Jesus is that sort of inherent goodness because we recognize that that isn't the natural state. It's something you have to go for. You yes. have to, you have to want to be that. You have to try and to grow. We into always that. kill those people. We always, the, Jew, the Jews said, who the fuck is this guy? Kill him. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, but passion of the Christ, great movie. I'm yes. sorry that Mel Gibson is a horrible human being, which he is, but I do like that movie. Anyway, my point is I think, and this is my broader sense because people don't look, I don't, you get less eye contact. And I think I am yeah. somebody who I have a look it's, I have a good husband look, but not many other people that if you're not seeking a husband, I feel like you don't like me. Yeah. <laughs> like women see kind of a strength and a stability and a enough fun that they don't feel like they're selling out their college selves to date me or fuck me. But they also aren't like, uh, Motley crew gang bang me, please. Of course uh-huh. it doesn't have that energy either. Definitely but, not. But, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but there is like, there's enough, like that's, I'm, 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 
it, it, you get, I think you get what I'm saying. I which do. Is like, yeah. I'm often surprised at how I think it's few funny though that like you, me. I just think it's funny that you have to explain it. Yeah. <laughs> like people don't kind of like already know it instinctively. Yeah. You know? I get, yeah but there, yeah, people generally just in my building, I don't get a lot of eye contact from people. I am a very like, Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Hey, good to see you. Very like if I see a neighbor on the, at the supermarket, I go, yeah, Hey, yeah. hey a lot of uh, looking at me and then going down to the phone. I, yeah. I've had people pass me in my hallway and like, look away. It's like, what the, did I, Am I on a registry list do that you I don't think know that, about? Do you think a lot of people look at you and look away because they say, oh, God, if I make eye contact with him, he's going to sing Better Man to me. <laughs> and I got and I got to go. <laughs> they probably just see the way my girlfriend looks at me and they're like, well, if she's annoyed with him. Um, but and by the way, Fetterman is going to be a highlight for so many listeners. How dare you? You're clipping that? You better. Um, but I think. There is a, and, and I've seen people write this and I've been saying this also for a while and I'm going to, I'm going to just, we'll end this topic here on two notes. Yes, we, we are becoming a less religious society. For sure. And I think the danger in that is not so much, oh, you don't go, of course there's a spiritual level. It's like, hey, more people having faith, I think is a good thing. But a lot of people can certainly have great reasons to disagree with that. But Religion in its best form, hope, community, values, like not things you can't, you can get those things other places, but who are we kidding when we act like you can get those things from other places, but we're not. So people can say well, you can, but a chat room or a threads comment, a, 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 a Twitter thread, these are, or a Zoom, these aren't the same things. These aren't the same things that we've fed off of for centuries as a society. But I, I, so where I disagree with you is that I think that if you actually seek it out, sure. depending on where you live, I know plenty of people that live in New York city that have their version of community that sure. isn't religion, you know, wh whether it could even be something as dumb as like co-ed sports or, or whatever people can find, say community. their name, Zog sports, <laughs> Zog sports, Volo, whatever. <laughs> But you can you can find yes. community if you seek it out. It doesn't have to be online in a chat room. But I do think that you're right. More people tend to because these go were online. And, yes. These were community institutions, not just yes. like hey, there's a, a you know you'd a, be there every Sunday. Right. We have a you French know you see the same people at this cafe right. every Wednesday. Sure, if I seek that out, that can right. become my new group of friends or my new community. Yes, but these big institutions provided big tentpole places for community Yeah, that I think we are becoming more individualized and I mean, more unhappy. Like that's, that is the truth. I'm not saying it's a direct correlation, but that real sense of community is starting to really fray. And on the flip side, technologically, I, I also see people who are just buried in their phone. People will walk by me, not even know I'm there or just, You'll be in an elevator. I saw this at my law firm all oh, the time. Yeah. The idea of being in a space with a stranger, this becomes the the digital blankie. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, God. I'm Okay, I'm in here. I'm in here. And now we have people everywhere, old people, young people, every race, every orientation, watching content, listening to music, watching TikToks, no earphones. No, The cell phone has now become this kind of this. I'm so in my cell phone, I don't realize that my cell phone is projecting to the world. I am like so laser focused here and that, 
you know, there, this is the only the only device where it's ever been. It used to be you know, Radio Rahim and do the right thing. Yeah. Turn that fucking uh, music off. It's yeah. annoying me because but that was one boom box. Yeah. Everybody's walking around. I said to a friend of mine re, like last year, I said, everybody's Radio Rahim now. Yeah. And it's like, how do you not know that? That's rude. So I feel like we, we're losing community organizations and not replacing them either fast enough or, or fully enough. But we're also living more and more in devices that make us the center of our own universe. Mm-hmm. And so once again, just like politics, if you were hoping for a hopeful conclusion to this, there isn't. I think we are going to continue sliding down this path. And I don't know where it ends until we're all wearing VR sets fucking sex robots, um, you know, and taking shits in public while, you know, your surgeon comes in wearing flip-flops and no mask. Uh, we're all going down, folks. So we will talk about the it's aforementioned- surgery. Oh. Have a drink. Right. Um, I don't need to be sober to do this. This is basic surgery, okay? We'll be back after this short break for a brief comedy discussion about Hassan Minhaj- I believe I'm pronouncing it correctly, when we return. And we're back to Rain on Your Parade with the comedy segment. I know it's Mike's favorite segment of the show. Always. Every week, depending on how, if I've talked very little about comedy, Mike has a big smile on his face and says, that was a good show. Yes. And if I talk a lot about comedy, he sighs. And uh, just says, don't let the door hit you on the way out. I say, we're, we're going to figure it out. We'll get there. <laughs> you say, how is that episode? How is that episode on nice comedy? I say, eh, well, you know, we're still figuring it out. <laughs> that is exactly what he said. <laughs> and then when I left, he had like some hot chicks come in here to do a more popular podcast. And was yeah. like, I hope grandpa didn't bother you on the way out. Yeah. I got to have somebody in here to make money. <laughs> oh boy. You hear that fans? Now you're not just screwing me. You're screwing Mike as He's well. He's got mouths to feed now. He's bringing another, another soul down with him. And when, and if Mike, <laughs> if Mike isn't making money, there goes our suicide prevention hotline <laughs> on site worker, everybody. Yeah. So I wanted to talk. I didn't, I'm not reviewing a special. I'll have a review next week. Um, but I didn't. We already did Punch Down of the Week, everybody's favorite segment. But I wanted to talk from my perspective on the Hassan Minaj uh, article. Um, if you don't know who he is, he's Nicki Minaj's brother. And he is a comedian. That's not true. I know I have old fans who are like, okay, I'll trust you on that, JL. <laughs> nope, that's actually a joke. Um, he is the comedian. He is a Daily Show correspondent. He had his own show, which I really grew to like on Netflix, Patriot Act. Um, I really found him annoying at first and I grew to really like him and the show. And he has recently come under fire. I believe it was a New Yorker article about how several of his maybe signature bits are, are highly fictionalized, like fictionalized to a point where it's like, okay, you said you were rejected for prom by a girl because you were Brown. And it turns out uh, when you asked her, she had already said she was going out with someone else. How do they figure that out, though? Uh, it's what? called reporting. It's, uh. a, it's an old art form that we used to care about. Uh, by the way, paid subscriber to The Atlantic, The New Yorker, and The New York Times print edition. Okay? So, in case you're wondering why I thrive with the 55 to dead crowd demographic, that's why. Um, 
but there was research and I guess it was part of it, you know, and then they interviewed him and he fessed up to like his bits being emotionally truthful, but obviously grossly exaggerated. That is a to good make spin. Point. That is a really truthful. good spin. I had a friend and I'm not going to out him, but who would constantly refer to himself as being emotionally faithful. Hmm. Um, and I was like, with some, women. Yeah. Okay. And because there might've been sort of physical unfaithfulness. Yes. Like an out of body experience. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. But I, it got to a point where in my head I was like, I'm not sure you're actually being emotionally faithful at this point. <laughs> I think there might have been some erosion in the emotional faithfulness as well. Yeah. But um, the, the, the thing is, and a lot of comedians, you know, not, not, the average comedian is not so much a street philosopher as in unemployable in something else. Uh-huh. So they, there were a lot of comedians taking the very quick – uh, well, guess what? I also didn't shit my pants on a Delta flight. Hey, guess what? Henny Youngman didn't also uh, want you to take his wife, really. And I think what people lose sight of is that Hassan, much like a Hannah Gadsby, H&H mm-hmm. &H Bagels, they were – did you hate – I hope you hated that Just one. Just keep going. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm not usually into puns, but once I sense a weakness in an opponent, man, I hate puns more than anything. <laughs> if you need to get information out of me, don't waterboard me, strap me to a chair and read a bunch of popsicle sticks at me. <laughs> oh. I'll, give, I'll give up my mother. <laughs> stop. Oh, stop with the puns. <laughs> oh man. Well, I think what people didn't realize and, and this you may be shocked here, Mike, but I'm, I'm going to relate this to my own comedy. By all means. Okay, thank you. I am sort of somebody who, and I remember I had this, this issue early in my comedy career, a friend of mine in DC. He did a bit and I walked up to him after the set and I was like, oh my God. Really, and, and he said, no. And I was like, what? And he basically was like, yeah, I'm sorry. Not everything I say is true on stage. But it was like, it wasn't a big deal. But I have always basically been somebody who's like, my chosen skill for the most part, other than impressions is I'm going to take shit that's happened to me and make it funny. Yeah. Not, I have enough. I think enough about things. I've experienced enough things that I don't have to just conjure up fake scenarios. I feel like taking the, you know, like a, like a project runway for jokes. It's like, here are your <laughs> tools, make a bit. If you can just take anything from the store, it's less impressive than here. We just, or, or one of those chef yeah. shows that I don't watch where they're like, here are your ingredients, make something. Yeah. That's, I feel like to, for me, for me, that's the kind of joy and skill that I get the most out of, which is like, oh, I took that story that happened to me that was either funny or depressing and made it really good. Well, and the other thing to add to it is because I, I, but nobody, used- that's, that's not a requirement. That's my way of doing it. But that's why this sort of hit me in a different way. And then I'll, I'll continue. But yeah. Sure. Well, I, I'm just saying that I, I think that like people who also look at it um, from the perspective of you could say that actors do the same thing. Uh, you know, actors don't actually be, like this thing didn't happen to them. Someone wrote it for them. They're portraying it. But here's the, the rub and the dirty little secret about actors and why they're crazy, because actors actually believe it happened to them. That's what acting is. Right. That's what good actors do. They make believe that this so you have to be either insane enough to believe that this thing that you're making up actually happened to you or maybe you're just not doing a great job portraying the the fake thing that happened to you either way 
it's hard to be in the audience and believe and identify with somebody who is sort of doing a performance if they're not being true to what they're actually saying. Right. You know? Yes. And like when I watch a porn, I'm like, I don't think she's really having an orgasm. But it does. T- doesn't it take you out of porn when you're watching a porno and you don't when you can believe that either the fake uh, scenario. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, next. <laughs> no, you know, like there. I'm, and that is the one area of porn, you know, because I, I don't watch porn for sexual gratification. I watch it to critique. I'm the guy who gives all the thumbs down votes. You're in it for the art on sites. Yeah. And do you ever see that, though? You ever watch it? And it's like you watch like, oh, this is my favorite video. And it's like. 13 down votes. Yeah. Yeah. Who? Yeah. Who? Yeah. Tits are too big. <laughs> but I've seen women where I'm like, my God, if you're not enjoying this, you deserve an Oscar. Yeah. And then I've seen people where it's like, you're definitely not enjoying this, which is then it's like, I have to go away because now I'm just watching a woman get fucked and she doesn't like it. That's yeah. now, if you really examine that, it's like, I know it's a job, but now I do feel actually not comfortable. Yeah. It's like, you've got to fool me. You've either got to enjoy it or you've got to be good enough that I can lose myself in this. Otherwise, I'm just watching a woman who allowed a man inside her or multiple men. I'm progressive like that. Yeah. Um, and isn't or enjoying multiple it. men and a woman or there's a lot of things on the Internet. There are. Uh, we, uh, they're called transgender, not things. OK, thank well. you. Mike. More hate from Mike. Jeez. Anyway, back to comedy. Um, I think what people what a lot of comics lost sight of in their desire. And, and this goes to my one of my main theses, not feces, but theses, mm-hmm. though this will be shitty pun. Um, (laughs) is comedians cannot take critical examination of their fucking work. Yeah. Like it would hurt me so much if like my new album, half blackface gets reviewed by places and they're like, it's got moments of good, but overall it's not that good because I believe in it so much. Yeah. But You've got to be willing, like, it's art. If I want to consider my shit art, why should I not be subject to the same criticisms as books, movies, television? But comedians think that they're, they get to be critics of everything. And like, don't you fucking dare say anything about my comedy. And they protect each other, which yes. is the other really weird thing about comedians. Right. And and to me, immediately this reflexive, oh, jokes don't have right. to be real, you stupid cunt. And like, it's like, well, comedians whoa, whoa. can find any angle to take against like the general public and consumers yes. of comedy. Yes. Doesn't matter what it is. Like at least I go, I see I'm different. I'm built different, bruh. Yeah. I go after my own fans. <laughs> I, what can a critic do to me that I won't re- retaliate with the same strength I reserve for the people who actually like me? Yeah. And what people missed is with Minaj, it was Minaj, I, I, whatever. Um, NM, uh, Nicki Minaj, uh, What's his name? Hassan. Hassan. H&M. H&M. What he does is if you're familiar with his work, it's important that you be familiar with his work to understand why this is a legitimate criticism. Much like a Hannah Gadsby, which everybody, you know, every bro comedian hate watched. I didn't like it. I watched it because I thought I heard it was great and I didn't enjoy it. Her first one, Nanette. But if she talked about being like sexually assaulted, she talked about in her, I think her second special about being autistic. There is a grounding and a weight to her material that 
is integral to her success. It's not just, like we use the example off mic, Brian Regan. Yeah. If you find out Brian Regan didn't work in a diner or didn't go for a walk the day he said he went for it. Part of the it emergency room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it does not affect his comedy at all. Uh -huh. it, it, it has zero impact on why or how people like him. Gatsby and Minhaj are two examples where, no, no, some of the weight that has made you a star is the authenticity. Like, that's why they're not writing an article about 800 comedians making up jokes. They're writing about one of the few whose depth and like social commentary is supposedly coming from personal experience. Because if it's just made up, you're just a guy talking about stories you heard. And think about that if you're listening to this. If I tell you a story about being a, a woman on spring break walking up to me and saying, we're, we're about to hook up. And she's saying she doesn't like black people because she just saw a black guy and doesn't know I'm half black. There's a humor to that and an impact because it's truly personal and it's a unique thing. It's a very unique thing to be like, this hot chick was going to hook up with me and I was going to hook up with her. And I discovered she was racist at the last possible minute. Yeah. But. If I told that story and people were like blown away by it, and then it turns out it's like, that's 95% not true and didn't happen. It's like, it does lose something. It does lose, it loses real substance sure. to it. So I think that's what people don't get. I think, but a lot of comics, I think we're like willfully ignorant, just going right to the, because comics can't take criticism. The, the, the most, the most hate comments I ever got was not on a Trump video. It was on my Louis C.K. impersonation video when he was at his peak. And I made fun of him in a very like Saturday Night Live style satire. Yep. It wasn't like some vicious attack. Oh, you, I hope you die. You're, you're such a jealous bitch. You're, it's like, is this guy your dad? Or is he an artist? Is he a world famous artist on the cover of Rolling Stone that should be ripe for satire? Right. So comedians, get over yourselves. <laughs> Do a little more critical thinking, a little more reading, and maybe a little less crowd work at your fucking show, you hacks. And on that note, on that blissful part of the comedy community note, uh, on behalf of Mike, the producer, who has a gun in his mouth, if I say one more pun. Uh, I'll pull the trigger. He will pull the trigger. I'll fucking do it. With a hard R. <laughs> this has been Rain on Your Parade. Thank you. Please give us a five-star review. Subscribe to us on whatever podcast platform you listen to. And... Uh, as some of you know, you can watch the full show on YouTube, on my YouTube. So thank you, and I will see you next Thursday.